Welcome to the Business Case for Women's Sports, where we explore every corner of the women's sports industry, from the field to the front office. I'm Caroline Fitzgerald, and I'm here to prove that it's good business to be in the business of women's sports. So let's get after it. Our guest today is Amir Zanozi, the CEO and co-founder of Zoom. Zoomf is a partnerships and audience analysis platform for sports leagues, teams, brands, and agencies that has the goal of becoming the leader in digital intelligence at the intersection of sports and sponsorship analysis. Welcome to the show, Amir. Thanks so much for having me, Carolyn. I've been listening, watching the goalposts, and just, uh, just excited to be here and chat with you. Well, it's really wonderful to have you here. I'm such a huge fan of the work that you and your team do. We've had Nikki Scott from your team on the show before to talk about women's sports fans. And it's really, really an honor to have you here today because you're the leader of Zoom. And it's incredible to see how much you champion women's sports and how much you empower your entire team to support women's sports. So one of the many reasons that I'm such a stan of Zoom is that you're clearly an organization that doesn't treat women's sports and athletes as an afterthought. You champion women's sports at every turn and what you're doing to move women's sports forward through data is really so important. So a big goals welcome to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Nikki, her episode was amazing. So I don't think uh, I can top that. So you'll get uh, as best as I can from the Zoom team. And like you said, we've got some of the most amazing people on our team and it's very uh, fortunate to work with them. Uh, a lot of times my job is just getting out of their way and just making sure they have the resources and they know that they can go out there and make the world better as they see fit, right? And so my job at the end of the day is moving those mountains or obstacles that they face and you know cheerleading them into you know their their success of what they define as what they want and what they're where they want to be in this industry. And, you know, we look at it like culture is really important to us and we want everyone to feel comfortable and safe to express themselves and how they feel and think. And the best thing about Zoom is we look at content out there as as a currency and it's attention at the end of the day and attention is currency. And, you know, that's why we pay for it, right? You pay attention. And so, you know, to us, it's it's less about what the content is and who's generating attention. And certainly I can't, look at anyone, no one can look anyone straight in the eye and say that women have not impacted sports in the last year, It much longer, but especially in the last year, it's just every single topic that has become a global conversation has been really generated by women, especially in these Olympics. So, uh, and, and, you know, there's always room for us to do better. Uh, it, you know, originally when we started doing reports, we had NWSL, we had WNBA, but we didn't have NWHL in some of these reports. And we had a member from the team reach out to us. And I love, I'm always looking to improve what we're doing and always be, you know, there's things that might not be on our radar and we didn't realize that, you know, and so all it took was for her to let us know like, Hey, how about us? What, why can't you look at what we're doing? And we realized, yeah, we need to encounter that. We need to think that we we're lucky to work with them today, but we're always looking to improve. So where we are today, hopefully uh, we could set the standard for where we should be tomorrow. I love it. And again, your leadership is so important. And it has been a really, really exciting year in particular, as you mentioned, for women's sports. And there's the women's sports movement has been happening for a long time. But yeah, it does seem like this past year, the momentum was just full steam ahead, especially um, coming off of this glass shattering Olympic game. So 
Today, we're going to dig a lot deeper into the 2020 Tokyo Games. Um, But before we do, I just want to set the scene a little bit more for our listeners. Um, Can you talk just a touch more about what Zoom is and what you and your team do every day? Uh, Great question. We are a partnerships analytics platform. And what we do is we pull information from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all the social media channels. And we analyze what the value is for brands to be a partner for some of these rights holders and organizations. Uh, we focus primarily in sports and esports, and and that's today. Uh, we've got some customers in the music industry and entertainment, uh, and they all want to better understand their audience. And a lot of the space and the sector that we're in is always focused on what the performance of that exposure is through the impressions, the video views, etc. What we do is a little bit different. We have audience analytics and we focus on who's in the conversation, the quality of the uh, the audience that's there, uh, especially with women's sports, the fandom, they fan so differently than other sports. Uh, when NBA, you know, did their partnership and used Michelob Ultra as their partner for uh, their, their beverage for their different campaigns for the last season, you know, if you read the tweets, there were some harsh tweets, right? The sentiment wasn't so great. Meanwhile, whenever NWSL or WNBA introduce a new partner, it's celebrated and the the fans show their uh, support through their wallet. And so it's just exciting to sort of watch these different audiences and how they interact and and be a part of helping guiding these brands and organizations on how they should invest into their digital content. And so we're really lucky to work with some great names in the space from Angel City, from NFL to um, you know, the different agencies like Wasserman and, and, and Forefront and Genesco. So we're really lucky to work with, you know, from teams, leagues, brands. Uh, and uh, one thing is common is, is the interest in uh, the growing surge between the numbers that we're seeing from female athletes. And so it's, it's just fantastic to see that and be a part of helping these organizations plan their way forward. Yeah, and I love you starting to talk about the behavior of women sports fans and how they show their support through their wallets. And I think it was Nikki when she was on the podcast said, not only do women sports fans buy products from brands that support women's sports, but then they get on social media and they talk about how they bought these products. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving whenever you're a brand that partners with women's sports because fans are so powerful and they're just ready to shout to support those brands and then shout that from the rooftops. Absolutely. On that note, I'd like to hop in and talk more about the Olympics. So we're getting to talk right after the 2020 Olympic Games. And it was really a glass shattering Olympics for women athletes and goals is based in the United States. So we're going to talk specifically about American Olympians. So 53.6% of Team USA were women this year. Women won 66 of Team USA's 113 medals, and that's about 58.4% of total medals won by Team USA. So like a lot of women sports fans, I really love the Olympics because I feel like it's the closest that we ever get to having women sports and men's sports on a level playing field. So for starters, we get to watch women's sports on TV, which is amazing because women's sports are rarely consistently available on national television. Typically, women's sports get less than 4% of media coverage. But during the Olympics, NBC reported that they received 59% of primetime coverage, which is 
phenomenal. It was the highest percentage that women's sports have ever received in the history of NBC's Olympic broadcast. So outside of that coverage, it's also a time where women athletes receive equal pay for equal sports. So for example, Team USA, all Olympians who reach the podium, regardless of their gender, receive payments of 37000 around 37000 I think, for a gold medal, 22000 for silver, and 15000 for bronze. But even though there are, of course, still gender disparities and layers of systematic sexism that exist for women Olympians, again, it is a time that the gender gap isn't quite as wide. So... Uh, with all that being said, that was a lot of a lot of data, a lot of content. But I know your team specializes in the digital and social world, and have done all the listening and digging into what's been happening on the, on the internet. So, what are some of the key takeaways around women athletes for your team um, with the 2020 Tokyo Olympics? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you spoke about fandom and, and certainly the digital presence of the fan behind women's sports. They've had to been digital from the very beginning, from you know your days on uh, the different social platforms where they had, and Tumblr where they had to get together because there was no other source. You mentioned like you know TV time, prime time. They normally it, it's been a struggle to get that out there, and when they're seeing just a little bit of attention is generating tremendous amount of value. So we we captured all of the data from the Olympics in Tokyo uh, for 2020 and 2021. And we looked at several key moments. We looked at Katie Ledecky and the impact that she made, the, the amazing uh, performance in, in USA Swimming. I mean, her engagement rate from her content was uh, 12.83%, which is once you're up in those teens, that's phenomenal. And uh, she delivered just over a little of a, a million dollars in social value alone from her post, not looking at the fans and the earned engagement that she generated. Uh, if you look at Lydia Jacoby, uh, she also made uh, waves with her gold medal. Uh, she generated just about a million dollars worth of social content across almost 6,000 posts. And her reach was over almost, almost 200 million. It was around 180. Uh, now, Suni Lee, who who got her moment, was phenomenal. Uh, her family just loved watching that entire experience. And she certainly became a star getting verified on both platforms after this Olympics. You know, her engagement rate uh, was at 13.5%, which is just really, really impressive numbers across nine posts. And she had over 6 million engagements and generated $6 million in value. It's tremendous. And then there's the goat Simone, who did, you know, uh, you know, historically amazing what she's overcome and the impact that she's done to the sport. And for her to shine the light on mental health was phenomenal. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't seen brands like Calm and, and Headspace make their way into the conversations with her. But I mean, she generated just on her tweet alone on the where she was talking about the outpouring love and support just over 100 million impressions, which is just unreal, uh, over 1.5 million engagements. And that post alone, if you were to equate that performance into ad dollars and how much you would have had to spend to achieve that same amount of attention, you would have had to spend $2.7 million. And so these women are creating quite an impact on social, getting quite an attention. And we also ranked you know, the top 20, and, and uh, we, we have a little infographic that we put together that we can send out. But Suni Lee definitely topped the charts with her performance, followed by Lydia Jacoby and Allison 
Felix and, and what she, you know, what she did for moms everywhere. It's just amazing. So there's amazing stories behind this and narratives of, of, of strength and the journeys of overcoming to what they had to do to achieve this, but they're backing it up with these numbers that any brand would be insane not to invest into this and get into this attention. And I'm sorry, it's at a discount, right? Right now, there's no better opportunity to get in front of women because historically they haven't achieved this level of support from the rest of the industry. And now it's this perfect moment for brands to get involved. We're seeing our brands reach out to us at a crazy amount of urgency to get behind some of these opportunities, which is just everything you want to see. Uh, I know you've seen it for a long time. I've seen it for a long time, the value here and the impact that can be done. But it was just great to put these numbers together to make it irrefutable uh, with the numbers behind their success. Absolutely irrefutable. These are tremendous. Like the multi-million dollar of impact, like it is measured. The receipts are here and we will link to all these wonderful graphics that your team put together in the show notes. But it's, it did seem like during the Olympics, every storyline, every headline was about women athletes and these numbers back up that gut feeling that we we felt during all of it. And it's incredible. And we are starting to see examples of these top tier Olympians now signing more deals with brands in support of them. Because like you said, it would be bad business for brands not to partner with these tremendous athletes. Yeah, you're you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's at the end of the day, there's uh, these brands are becoming more like advertisers, less like supporters and sponsors of the sport. And that's just the way it is in this world, especially post-COVID. You know, you don't have as much dollars that you can just throw at any opportunity. And so it's important to have a data-driven approach and looking at this in, at an even playing field across any entity, whether it's whatever sport it might be, removing your bias and your fandom aside and looking at all the attention that's being generated out of sports today. And you've got to look at where are those audiences that you want to be in front of? Uh, how do these audiences react to sponsorship? So it's just with women's sports, it's uh, it's long overdue uh, for brands to get involved. Phenomenal seeing Google and what they did with WNBA. But this is just content on these women's content that are not branded posts, right? These are organic. They've been able to uh, perform at these top moments of time to show that they know how to engage their audiences. Simone's continuously started posting and opening up her personality as a result. Suni Lee is also doing the same. And so it's great to see them understand that this platform is important and seeing what Naomi Osaka did as well. Uh, it's just, and the partnerships that she's been making, I, I, I do see the the shift and the momentum changing for women, you know, and it's because of women like yourself, Caroline, that have highlighted this and pointed at this for such a long time. We're just happy to put some numbers behind this to make it just even more obvious to brands out there, the opportunity that is here. And uh, for, you know, organizations behind these women's sports to step up and ask for more because uh, they're certainly earning it. These numbers are so important because I feel like, for a long time, viewership, TV viewership has been the core metric that we measure success on in the sports world. And the Olympics this year, by the numbers, overall ratings of TV consumption of the Olympics was down. But I was really eager to see this data come out from your team because we know that women's sports and the consumption of women's sports 
don't typically happen on TV. We talked about it earlier, but that's because women's sports aren't on TV. So fans of women's sports are so, so digitally savvy. And I know Zoom was a key partner on the fan project, uh, a major report that came out earlier this year, but that report broke down these behaviors of women's sports fans and proved that women's sports fans are more fluid, which means they consume sports on social media. And as a result, you have these really digitally savvy fans. So these numbers, I feel like there's going to be that there is this narrative out there that's like, oh, Olympic viewership ratings were down, but that's not the full story. You have to look at the full story of how fans of the Olympics were consuming these sports and watching these events. And a lot of it was happening via streaming, via watching highlights online. And and these numbers show that impact and that that demand is clearly there for women's sports. Yeah. And you, like you said, that's not the full picture because TV consumption on linear broadcasts has been down everywhere. And in respect, Olympics and live sports have been the top broadcast out of all linear uh, TV for the last year. And I think it was like 46 out of the last 50 top uh, broadcast moments were powered by some sort of live sports. And so if you're factoring in the total uh, viewers and, and, and the trends, yeah, it still had a great performance, maybe not as high in the past, but nothing is really achieving that level. And actually, we did a report with Jessica Gelman and Kager. Uh, they were doing a fan demand project across the pandemic when live sports was on pause, and they're continually updating it with looking at how COVID is impacting sports today. And we put together a report that showed that viewership is on a decline on linear. However, social media activity is increasing uh, every every single day. You know, there's more and more. The engagement rate for all of the top men's and women's sports leagues have increased with fan engagement, which means that fans are sharing and digitally and interacting more. And that report that you mentioned with, you know, the fan project with Katie Donovan and Angela Rougeau and Josh Walker and the great group at Sports Innovation Lab was even more impactful to show, one, that once brands got involved with investing behind these women's sports leagues and teams, that their fans were more likely to have a higher affinity. So you're changing the behavior of how they purchase as consumers by getting involved. And that, I mean, that's, I mean, that that's really where you want to get to. But there's tons of data in there on how, just like you said, women's sports has never been properly valued because it's only been looking at the linear, but they're not getting prime time. So how can they do great on linear? Right. So now that you're seeing digital and we have an equal playing field. And secondarily, because the entire industry has validated social data to their brand partners through the pandemic, through make goods, socials where you want to be, socials where we can track this impact. It's this perfect moment, a perfect storm of activity, good and bad, a lot of bad catalysts that are out there with the pandemic. But a lot of good that's happening is because it's forcing us to relook at everything, to look at data, to see how do we move forward. And the data is showing, just like you said, Caroline, that women's sports is performing. There's tremendous value here. Uh, This is a plant that has not been watered properly. And now that we're starting to water it, we're seeing the benefits and the fruits to our labor. It's just amazing to watch it happen. Amira, I feel like we could drop the mic right there. And just close this out. So (laughs) that was so well said. And it actually does take me directly into our last question, which we ask all of our guests that come on the show. 
But it's the question, why do you believe that it's good business to be in the business of women's sports? I've got a couple of reasons for you. One, your talent and the people that are applying to work for you will, uh, at least for us, the talent has been insane. But it's just the insane talent that is coming out of school today, this next generation of students. They are applying to Zoom and they tell me this and I ask them and, they, and they're very candid about it. The data that you're putting out there for women's sports, I wanted to be an athlete and I couldn't become an athlete because I didn't see a future for me where I could survive on just an athlete's salary. So if I can help change that, I want to be a part of this. I've also you know, met some amazing women out there that are an athlete and work in the front office. And they're, are, I mean, how are you doing both? That's insane. But they're forced to do that to help improve where their sport is. And so we're not anywhere close to where we need to be, but we're at a really good moment that we're seeing the momentum go in the right way. Secondarily, we have this great talent that's come across and, and, and that's fantastic. But the value and the brands that are seeing the opportunities here, I mean, the ROI that we're able to give back to our brand partners when getting involved with women's sports is just such a great such a great moment. And they are investing into the quality of the audiences, the quantity, the numbers, right? So in some places, it's not there yet, right? But it's showing you that if it was better investments into the infrastructure, that it would deliver given where they have. So uh, for me, it's the amazing talent that comes our way. It's the amazing success we're able to bring our customers, just being a part of reporting on this and the audience behind women's sports. Oh my God. I mean, just the, the how people are engaging with goals alone in the comments. Sometimes I'm just reading through your comments on Instagram, just liking the how like what people are sharing. It is such a segment that uh, you know. I always say this phrase that everyone rolls their eyes, niches get riches. And the more niche you are, and the more you know specific you are to an industry, the more they can connect with you and they they champion you. But I mean, women's sports is something else. The closest I've seen is esports, where there's both a celebration with sponsors and brand partners come in. But this is, I mean, we're only in the first inning and there's uh, there's a lot to go here and a lot to invest, still go and invest into this. But from our data and what we're seeing and what we're being a part of uh, from organizations like Together, Just Women's Sports, Goals, The Fan Project, I mean, we are just in the very beginning and if you're not in this yet, it's a shame on you. You're missing the boat. But this is a moment that uh, is still an opportunity for others to get into. So I hope people listen to this for the first time and realize the opportunity. Uh, and if you haven't, just subscribe to the Goals newsletter and, and you'll get a reason why every Friday. That's great. I absolutely love it. Very well said. And thank you for always championing goals. But that's it. Amir, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our show. I feel like we could talk about women's sports and the data around why it's good business to invest in women for hours, but we'll leave it here. So I'll close by just thanking you one last time for everything that you and your team do um, and for coming on the podcast today. It It was awesome talking to you. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Goals Podcast, the business case for women's sports. Leave us a review, check out the show notes, and be sure to follow Goals on Twitter and Instagram for the most up-to-date content on the women's sports industry. And remember, it's simply good business to be in the business of women's sports.